cunnilingus is as old as the human species, but this sex act is still taboo in our modern society. So taboo that Batman was forbidden to do it in a recent HBO Max series. Why is it that an act for female pleasure is seen as delinquent, but fellatio is being boasted about in locker rooms across America? We are lapping up the history of cunnilingus across the animal kingdom, what evolutionary benefits this sex act may have had, and why the power dynamics of sex makes us so uncomfortable. All this to get to the bottom of the rude question, does Batman go down? And should you? That's what you're in for today on Impolite Society. You're listening to Impolite Society with Laura and Rachel. Is that the drums, or is that a strange pounding sound coming from the Batcave? Holy climax, Batman! That's right, we have a super, as in super, doo-doo-doo-doo, sexy and complicated topic for you today, folks. And if you are hearing super and sexy, that means you are listening to the Impolite Society podcast. I am Rachel. And I'm Laura. And together, we are the podcast that digs into those taboo topics you cannot talk about at your second cousin's bar mitzvah. (laughs) And before we get into this topic that we are going to talk about, I want to shout out to Greedy5 for your five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We think you're exactly our type of people, too. So if you want to hear your own shout out, you can leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere, really. We're not picky. We stay in the loop. And if you've already reviewed us and left us a rating and you're just thinking to yourself, how can I do more? Because I just love Impolite Society so much. How can I support these women that I love even more? Well, I have an answer to the rescue (laughs) (laughs) to do with our super episode. If you want to help us out even more, you are encouraged to share Impolite Society with a friend or three or seven if you have that many friends. I would probably be maxed out at like five. Well, because indie podcasts grow through word of mouth. So we really appreciate all of our listeners telling their buddies about this awesome podcast that they listen to where they learn, they laugh, they have a great time. Exactly. Listener, we sound like we're really put together and this is a professional podcast, but we're really just scraping by by the skin of our teeth. And so we need you to help us keep us in our seats making this stuff. So let folks know affirmation is our lifeblood and it keeps (laughs) us going and because friendship is important to us you are our friends share us with your friends friendship it makes the world go round and we've been getting out and about lately and we're making some new friends and it's been super fun so here is where you can find in polite society in the wild with some of our friends we guested on nerds talking the podcast it's an awesome episode and you can check that out on 
their feed. Just search Nerds Talking the Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can find our episode, Impolite Nerds Talking Society. So check that out. And then we also are going to be doing a collaboration with the How I Didn't Meet Your Mother podcast. Check that out. And the I Miss You Man podcast. We're going to have a upcoming guest episode with them. So definitely check them out as well. And that's so funny that you mentioned the I Miss You Man podcast because we are actually doing an indie inquiry tonight that comes from our brand new friends from Down Under. <laughs> we are answering a question from Dylan and Lonnie from the I Miss You Man podcast. Let's take a listen. Hey there, it's Lonnie here from I Miss You Man I'm with Dylan. How's it going, Dylan? Lonnie, it's going good, but I have a, a philosophical question that I need answered, my friend. Okay, please, please go on. Well, Lonnie, you know, recently the creators of the Harley Quinn show, they wanted to depict Batman having oral sex with Catwoman. And that was not on, was it? Apparently. Well, evidently not, Lonnie. DC put the kibosh on that and they said, no, no, no. Heroes don't do that sort of thing. Heroes? Why don't heroes do that, Dylan? That, that just seems silly to me. I think they should, and I think it should be celebrated that they do that sort of thing. Well, What's more heroic? What's more self-sacrificing than giving oral pleasure to your partner, Lonnie? Well, that is something I think our friends on the Impolite Society should delve into. Is this unmasculine? Is this unhero-like? Is this something Batman should do? Let's find out. I love your accents, guys. They're so charming. It was it was pretty fun. I feel very cultured right now. <laughs> I love it. I can't help it. I'm such a sucker for an accent. But what I love as much as the accents is the question. I love their question. It's definitely a thinker and a topic we've been meaning to cover. You know, it's definitely on the list of taboos. So thank you for sending us such a good topic, such a good question, and such a fun package. They totally got the memo about what we're all about. Big thank you for that. That was, This is one of our favorite questions we've gotten so far. Kindred spirits, truly. So thank you, Dylan and Lonnie. But if you're like me, I had no idea what the hell they were talking about nope, originally. Me so, okay, I had to look it up, and here's the Cliff Notes version, if you weren't up and up on your Batman news <laughs> like myself. So essentially, in an interview with Variety magazine, co-creators of HBO Max's Harley Quinn said that they had written a scene where Batman performs oral sex on Catwoman. The writers then go on to say that DC Comics made them cut the scene because, and I quote, Heroes don't do that. That sounds like a lot of fucking bullshit to me. It sounds like there's a lot of unsatisfied wives at the DC Comics <laughs> holiday party. All Bo just kind of Joe. standing around. <laughs> so we're not alone in our reaction to this because the internet had a fucking field day after this article came out. And there were a ton of memes, countless tweets, all about this DC verdict and what people thought about it. And people weren't super supportive. Super. Dun, da, da, da. But it does point towards a kind of deeper attitude towards this specific sex act. Ooh, that uh, thunder from down under sex act. So Dylan and Lonnie, our friends, our buddies, our mates is how you would say that, our mates. <laughs> we will dig into the controversy and history of cuddlingus 
talk about why some men, hashtag not all men, being fair, we're, we're both the voice <laughs> of men in this episode, why some Small dicked men are squeamish. <laughs> I think you're editorializing a little bit on that. No, one. I think Lonnie and Dylan both said everyone who is opposed to it has a small dick. So if you don't, if you have a problem with it, don't come at us. <laughs> you know, I miss you, man. That's where you should send your nasty gram. Anyways, we're going to dig into all of this to answer the rude question today Would Batman go down? And more importantly, should you? And luckily, this is a very, very easy answer, very quick, because when we're thinking, does Batman go down? Well, turns out, fresh off the presses, male bats caught performing oral sex on females. Boom. Solved. Scientists analyzed a colony of about 420. <laughs> Blaze it. They studied about- wait, 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 wait. 420 bats? A colony of 420 bats? A colony of 420 bats. Okay, all right. They were studying this colony of Indian flying foxes, and they found that the male bats were going down on the female bats, i.e., the, you know, licking the genital regions during mating rituals. So I think that that's like a real quick boom. Bing, bang, boom. Batman, he's a bat. We know bats go down. The mystery solved. We very rarely land on a perfectly solved one like this. So I think put it in the books. We're done. Let's just shoot the shit for the next 45 minutes, Laura. What was your week like? Tell me about your week. It was all right. No, no, just kidding. This topic is a lot bigger than just what bats actually do. But getting to the bottom of it, does begin with the animal kingdom. It turns out that box is, in fact, a delicacy throughout the animal kingdom. Well, everyone loves some box. I mean, chocolates come in boxes. Panettone has come in boxes. Everyone loves That's a box. The box. I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. Different box. The, the only thing that comes in this box is roast beef. <laughs> the beef curtains. <laughs> Which is a very strange, why did, okay, side question. Where did box come from as a euphemism for a vulva? I know, it's not vaguely box-shaped. There are no right angles going on down there. Yeah, it's it's going to be like a triangle, the pyramid. Or know. the oblong swiggly thing. The ovals. <laughs> yeah, eat the oval. Eat your oval teen every day. <laughs> be sure to eat your oval teen. Crummy commercial <laughs> son of a bitch. And if you did eat your oval teen every day, you're in good company because fruit bats aren't the only ones out here participating in cunnilingus. Cheetahs, bats, and bears, oh my, are also known to perform this act. And oh, you have this menagerie of animals who do participate in this activity, but they're not alone. Coming in at no surprise is great apes. They're also down for a little pearl diving. There are kindred spirits and they know what's going on. They know what them ladies like. So no doubt our fucking sex positive icons, our heroes, the bonobo, the bonobo. They are truly the epitome of sexual freedom and liberty and positivity because they're having all kinds of sex. And that, of course, includes oral sex. And if you just m mix up 
the grab bag enough, you're eventually going to get cunnilingus of all varieties, <laughs> male to female, female to female, three females, one male. Do the bonobos do that? They wouldn't say no to it. <laughs> the bonobos are the good time apes. They're like, I don't know, whatever you feel. Let's just, you know, let's bond. Don't harsh my buzz. It's them and the 420 bats. They're just really having a good time. <laughs> we should aspire to be more like them. But it's not just our friendly Randy apes getting into this. The gorilla is also known to participate in cunnilingus, including one really shocking incident for visitors at the Bronx Zoo. And let's face it, you and me, baby, we ain't nothing but mammals. So we're doing it like we do on the Discovery Channel. So it's a no surprise that cunnilingus has been common throughout human history. So before we dive into this, the history of cunnilingus in humanity, can I just go in a anti-patriarchal corner tirade for just a second? Just a second. Of course. I don't fucking care about blowjobs. This was so annoying as just indicative of the world that we live in is that while I am doing an explicit Google search for cunnilingus and the history of cunnilingus and its societal implications of cunnilingus, I am literally getting articles about blowjobs left and right. History of fellatio, history of oral sex, and by oral sex, they only mean female mouths on male genitals. And it was just so frustrating because it's like, I don't got a lot of hours in the day. I don't got a lot of hours in the day. I don't have time to be sifting through this stuff when I put the quotation marks and some of them didn't even mention it. And I was just like, I don't need to read your stupid BJ articles. Suck your own dick, men. <laughs> that is frustrating. If you're going to look up the history of cunnilingus that is in your specific search that's bullshit. And once you wade through enough of these articles that are like trying to steer you back into fellatio <laughs> from cunnilingus. <laughs> They're trying to steer you back. It's like, no, 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 women. Don't think about us down there. No, no, no. <laughs> you go back to your rightful place, which is your head in my lap. Don't be getting no crazy feminist ideas. <laughs> about me returning the favor. And I think you touched on a very interesting point, which is also part of what makes it so taboo, is this topic, there's a lot of mixed feelings on it, right? It repels us, it turns us on, but you can't deny the fact that it fucking fascinates us. And it's been around for so long. How wouldn't it fascinate us? It's a vagina. They want to do everything with the vagina, whether it's stick it or stick something else in it or get down on it and everything. But it's also this weirdness. It's this thing between vaginas are the object of desire, but also somehow really icky. Truly, vaginas are layer after layer, fold after fold. Vaginas have layers. Taboos have layers. And that's what we're getting into today. But the study specifically, when we're looking at animals and animal behaviors, science will look at it from the angle that if an animal isn't exhibiting a behavior, it's because it has an evolutionary benefit. So we're going to assume that because humans do it and a lot of other mammals do it, that snacking on snatch has some evolutionary benefit. And the facts would back that up too. So it occurs in virtually all cultures around the world, there is some kind of cunnilingus. It also occurs in non-human species, as we've very clearly established. Did you come up with any of your research? Do dolphins do it? 
Oh, yeah. Dolphins were in there. They fucking love it. They are very sexual beings. So, you know, they're getting their bottle noses all up in there. I think it's actually scientifically proven that part of the reason that some dolphins are endangered is because they forget to breathe because they just are down there. <laughs> nozzling with their noses getting their bottle noses all where they don't belong or do belong yeah poke, <laughs> they're just knocking genitals around with their bottle noses and they just can't come up for air they don't got time for that they'd rather die <laughs> but it's been happening a long time it's been depicted in ancestral cave paintings and not only has it been around but it's been praised so in ancient china taoism taught that ingesting vaginal secretions would strengthen the yang essence which is associated with the male essence. Uh, I have a feeling that Pliny the Elder, I think that he would object to this. Oh, we'll get to him and his bros in a second. We know from experience he hates vaginas. But ancient China, they were all about it. So were our friends, the Sumerians. They loved going down so much that it came up in love songs dating back to 2000 BC, talking about a woman's lip tasting as sweet as her other Aww, lips. Oh, that's sweet. Essentially, it was it was very wholesome. I mean, I mean, it is, right? When you love somebody, when you love their body, of course you want to put your mouth all over every single part of them. So that's I think that's kind of sweet. But why? Why do we do it? Why do us and the fruit bats and the cheetahs and the bears and the apes, why are we participating in this oral fixation? And there's several theories, and I will tell you what they are. Theory one is it lets men detect peak fertility to keep their lady in lockdown when she is the most reproductively viable. Sounds like bullshit to me. It seems very far-fetched, and this theory is undetermined but my guess is that is not it because my husband can't find food when it's right in front of his face in the fridge there's no way he's gonna be like well the um the umami flavoring is you're not ovulating i don't think i'm gonna waste my sperm here (laughs) oh no no and it's not so much about even my sperm it's like I'm going to keep my lady love in the cave this week because I don't want her being unable to control her lady urges. Got it. We want to keep her on lockdown this week because we know she's ovulating. So we want to keep her with me so I know her offspring is mine. This sounds like a whole lot of bullshit. Well, that is a behavior that other mammals exhibit. Males of the species are more protective of their female compatriots during ovulation. Most human women don't know when they're ovulating. I know when I'm ovulating, but I feel like I'm in the minority. Because you're tasting yourself? No. It's like, let's see what today's in for. (laughs) There's actually a test, though. Like vaginal mucus, if you put your fingers and then you like stretch it between the two, you can tell how fertile you are based on the vaginal mucus. This seems extra far-fetched that a man would know via taste when most women don't know if they are experiencing it themselves. Uh, So we're pretty agree that that one sounds kind of sketchy. Here's another theory that, you know, I like it. It's based around the female orgasm. I can get behind that. We always love those. This theory suggests that orgasms boost fertility because by making sure your lady gets off, you can create pleasurable waves that slurp up your little swimmers into the womb. 
I have heard this before, that orgasm, like the flexing of those muscles, the cervix dips up and down and so can grab more sperm. But that only makes sense if that's during penis and vagina sex. While there's sperm in there. And this one has been pretty disproven, including in our Queen Mary Roach's book, Bonk. She has a whole chapter about it. Wait, so that's not true? They don't slurp up sperm? No, it actually is going the other way. The contractions are like pushing the sperm out. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I didn't know that that was false. I learned something today. I thought that was true. This is a theory that's been pretty widely distributed. And also there's a lot of other ways as to saying like, oh, our male ancestors have to go down to get our cave lady great-great-grandmothers to come to get more cave babies. Like that's insane because there's a lot of other ways you can do that. Yeah, it just doesn't track because there's no sperm in there at the moment. And if you have any experience in the bedroom, you know that guys don't want to go down on a vagina full of sperm. So if anything, it definitely happens before the sperm has entered the canal. There's a very clear order of operations there. So then that leaves one more theory, which I think is probably the most rational one, even though I don't 100% agree with it, but I think it's like the most on the right track. And that's that this pleasure bonds a partner to you and helps keep them faithful. This is the one that I've read that made the most sense because, again, I don't know if this is one that's necessarily tied to survival. Like, why does everything that we do in our day-to-day life a byproduct of evolution or evolutionary biology when so much of the things that we do just we do because it feels nice like my dog she likes when she sits next to me and I scratch her chest that has nothing to do with survival in my opinion it's just because it feels nice I mean it kind of does though because anything that we do together that bonds us together when you scratch her chest it feels good when a guy goes down it feels good so the two are bonded more closely and then can weather more storms because of a stronger bond it does make sense but in kind of more of an aroundabout kind of way i mean strong relationships are important in modern life obviously but also in an evolutionary sense because People can't go through our lives alone. That social bond is really important to us. And that's the way it ties into it. Because, hey, if your lady can't get out of bed because she's melted into a pool of ecstasy after you gave her full body convulsions with your magic tongue, then, yeah, she's not going to be able to cheat on you and you're going to be able to keep it on lockdown. But is it like that or is it also just it felt good so we're performing these things because we are social and we like to make other people feel good. Maybe it's a little bit of both. I think that's something I can get behind there, that it's a little bit of both. But either way, the facts suggest that there's an evolutionary benefit to cunnilingus, or at least it's been a part of our evolution and our humanity since its very origin. Then why is it something that would tarnish a certain bat's brand? And that is what we will dig into after this break. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? This is I Miss You, Man. It's a podcast that actually came from a dream. Dallin, tell me about it. Lonnie, call me Martin Luther King because... <laughs> I did have a dream, and the dream was that we had a podcast together, 
and it was called I Miss You Man because we miss each other. That, that's exactly right. We've, we're friends from, from high school from all the way back there and we don't see each other as much as we really want to. And this dream that Dylan had, I thought it was the best idea I've ever heard. It's up there. <laughs> it's up there. And now here it is. It's real. This is the real. podcast of your Ma- dreams. Making dreams reality, Lonnie. I love it. Dylan, what do we do every week on this podcast? Well, basically, uh, we take turns hosting pretty much a topic, mm-hmm. uh, and that can be anything. Whether that be comics, movies, TV, uh, cities, landscapes, what have you, Lonnie. <laughs> and we try to entertain the other one as much as possible and brighten their week. That sounds like a great podcast. I'd listen. <laughs> I definitely would. Hell yeah. Well, that's what you got coming up for I Miss You Man. I miss you, I miss you, man, do I miss you, I miss you, man, I miss you, I miss you, man, do I miss you. Why does the thought of cunnilingus make men so squeamish? Because vaginas are eggy. Oh, that's part of it, and we will get into it, but... Cunnilingus itself is on a journey. I mean, of course it is. You got to start around the area. You start in the outer woods of Mordor, you know, and then you work your way in. We're doing the Lord of the Rings analogy again. (laughs) Always, always Lord of the Rings. Hey, you're not going to go straight to the end zone. But the the concept is on a journey as much as your tongue should be um, getting to journeying as well. <laughs> and granted, the idea of men going down is way more popular today than it's ever been, more socially acceptable, if not praised by our society. But it's been a long road to get here. In our penis-dominated Western culture, the idea of growling at the badger has always made men kind of uneasy. In ancient Greece, cunnilingus was deemed repugnant and something for weak men who couldn't get it up. I bet Pliny had something to say about that. I'm sure he's got something in his encyclopedia of bullshit. (laughs) Oh, yes. He's like, if you tasted the vaginal secretions, your firstborn son would have a gimp knee on his right leg, and he would only be able to do a triathlon in circles, but he would never bring honor to your family. That's what Pliny would say about that. So the idea was that it was something that was not for strong men. Strong men with strong, throbbing cocks because the idea that the cock is what should be providing pleasure to the women has apparently been a central idea of our society going all the way back to when they were giving each other throbbing cocks and that was normal. Never mind the fact that, like, what, 20%, 30% of women can orgasm through intercourse alone. It's a very small percentage. Props to you if you're one of those ladies. I certainly am not. I mean, it's just unrealistic to be like, oh, we need these women to be focused on penis, penis, penis when such a small percentage can actually orgasm like that. 
And if you're not one of those and your man has to go down on you, it's his dick that has the problem. Or Yeah, that's bullshit. Even worse, you're a lesbian and you're missing that magical dick in the first place. Which is funny, though, when you think about pornography. I feel like women going down on each other is definitely a, a fetishized thing. You see a lot more women going down on other women than you do men going down on women in pornography. That definitely makes sense. And things didn't change quickly from there either. So in in medieval Europe, every sperm was sacred. So any sexual act that did not lead to reproduction was big no-no. No, 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 no. no. Uh, What a big buzzkill, medieval Europe. So performing, quote-unquote, fornication of the lips... Ooh, that sounds sexy. It does. That could land you up to four years of penance if it was a one-off situation. If this was something that you did on the regular, it could earn you seven years penance. But, you know, also a good reputation with the ladies. So it was a, you know, win-lose situation. I mean, either way, you're looking at time on your knees, right? So we've jumped from ancient Greece to medieval times. And you can imagine... The way the wheels of change were turning, it was not going to change anytime soon. And this was still something we were unpacking because as a society, us in the Western culture, we've been working for millennia at this point to unwad our collective panties around the idea of sex. And, you know, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that we're still a work in progress. Even in modern times, cunnilingus has gotten a bum rap in popular media. An early rapper called DJ Quick, who I had never heard of before this research. I bet he was quick. Yes. <laughs> he's full of he's a full of oxymorons because he made a song <laughs> called Can I Eat It? Which, I mean, ironically was about how he doesn't like eating women out. He said that if you give a woman head, that means you will leave with a full pair. If you know what I mean. They're, they're hanging low and they're hanging yeah, heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she'll never want your dick again, which also says a lot about his skills with his equipment. But are you not performing the order of operations, which we clearly went over here? It doesn't mean you're going to leave with a full pair. It's what happens before the pair gets emptied. Yeah, you want to make your lady super appreciative and then she will pay it forward. Or just super wet and like aroused because if anybody doesn't know, the vagina, it is not a static thing. It elongates with sexual arousal. I don't think DJ Quick was filling up the whole thing. Clearly, he's not filling up the whole thing because the more aroused you can get your woman, the longer her vagina gets. So you can get deeper. You can get literally balls deep easily if your woman is more sexually aroused so it really benefits you in the long run dj quick something tells me that dj quick was not about um the long game he was more about dry and fast (laughs) but that's just one that's just one instance in 1999 the sopranos had a storyline where a character was mocked for being good at giving his lady friend head i never liked that show i didn't know why Now I know why. That's a very clear call to arms. And along that same line, this definitely negatively impacted the public brand of giving head to ladies because from the history books that I cracked open and blew the dust off of, I learned that there was once a man, some kind of historical figure, who was named 
Michael Douglas. <laughs> Michael Douglas. Yes, yes, I think you're correct. Michael Douglas. He may have been married to a woman, Catherine uh, Zeta Jones. She's relevant. I've never heard of this man, Michael Douglas, but um, <laughs> he he at some point in his lifetime, I don't know, he got throat cancer from HPV. He said he got it from HPV. Yeah, he said he got throat cancer from HPV from providing cunnilingus, which is, again, not necessarily confirmed. And some of the articles I Googled after the fact said that it was definitely not from that. But, you know, the court of public opinion did rule in the favor that eating pussy could get you cancer. From what I could only assume after the fact was that this Michael, this Michael Douglas character, he (laughs) must have died and then been buried in a pauper's grave because I, I, I had not heard of him in my lifetime. Yeah, so poor, so unrecognized, uh, poor Michael Douglas. It's good that in his unnoteworthy life, he was able to make such a blow to providing female (laughs) pleasure. So, okay. Michael Douglas might have faded into oblivion after his death, but there were famous people who actually did. (laughs) Shut up. Michael Douglas is so fucking famous. (laughs) There were actually. We just talked about him on the other podcast. I know. It was so hard not to bring up all these jokes because I had just written them like that day. (laughs) And they were like, Michael Douglas. And I wanted to be like, who the fuck is that? Like, I, I still don't know who Michael Douglas is. But the thing is, actual famous people have also weighed in. Like in 2018, much more famous person than Michael Douglas called DJ Khaled. I don't even know who that is. I know who Michael Douglas is. I don't know who DJ Khaled is. Um, He was very famous and popular as a rapper. And his marital bed took center stage when he willingly told the world that he expects his wife to suck him off, but he cannot return the favor. And when people what? when people pushed back on that one, he doubled down and he said it is his wife's duty to praise him and that it is different rules for men and women. Y'all should see my face right now. That was the the internet's collective face as well. So Obviously, there's something about munching box that puts men off here, whether it is the idea that women should be worshiping men and not the other way around, or it's the throat cancer that plagued a historical figure. So I took it upon myself. There's no article. There's no listicle that says these are the reasons that men don't like eating pussy. So I took it upon myself to make a collection of the reasons why, ranging from the historical ones to DJ Khaled to a very masculine article published on Vice. It was a very inspiring column titled, I am a straight man and I hate giving oral sex. This is why you tune in to Impolite Society, because we take the hard-hitting questions that no one is talking about, and we are putting that shit together for you to consume. Ha <laughs> ha, consume, get it, uh, in your spare time. Exactly. So we're not just reporting the research. We are aggregating it, and we are making new research. And so, folks, here are the reasons that men do not want to give oral sex or why men have indicated that oral sex is not for them. Number one, 
from a man's perspective. I am insecure about my skills at pleasing women and or women are too demanding in the bedroom. Hmm. This is the classic I don't want to fail so I don't even try scenario. Or conversely, they think that they're good enough already. So if a woman gives them any kind of direction, they're like, oh, man, she's a bitch. She's bossy. She's telling me what I should be doing when naturally I'm just good enough on my own. And, you know, that just digs into men who don't like to take direction from women. Maybe grouping these two together was a little bit too much because I feel like I can sympathize with the first one, right? I'm insecure about my skills. It makes me think of that American Pie uh, sketch, the book about how to go down, you do the alphabet on the clitoris. Okay, yeah. I can understand anybody being insecure about their skills, But then the thing is, like, if you're insecure about your skills, you have to rely on the other person to give you direction. That's assuming that all women are willing to give the feedback, which unfortunately some of them aren't. They'll just suffer in silence. Well, and that's the thing is that these guys aren't being chastised for doing it. They're probably getting very general feedback and freaking out about it. And so that's where they come together into one bullet point as to why they're not going down. Because, yeah, you can be insecure about your ability, but that's probably not going to stop you in the long run, right? That's It's the not wanting to fail paired with the not taking a direction that completes the package of a man not wanting to go down. So that's one. Not wanting to fail versus not wanting to get better. Kind of two sides of the same coin there. The second is, I'm worried she won't want my five seconds of fury after she's had a real orgasm. But the idea here is that if you make her have real pleasure, she won't want to deal with whatever you're wielding. Deal with. (laughs) Yeah, that's somebody that definitely has a lot of... um confidence in their skills if you're like nope she's not gonna want anything to do with me after she said and yeah the fear is that because you're focusing all your attention on her she's that's going to be the expectation going forward she doesn't want to do anything mutual she's only going to want you to go down on her which is so irrational because no guy's like yeah no sorry i don't want to have full sex i just want to get blown I'm sure there's somebody out there like that. Yeah, that's a that's a very strange expectation. Sex is it's all about connectivity. When you have a bond with somebody or you like somebody, it's all about mutual pleasure. Like you want to give and receive mutual pleasure. If you're in it just for what you can get out of the scenario, maybe you should rethink why you're in bed with somebody. And I think that also is the underlying thing where if you're in a relationship, Things are going to be a little different than if you're like out on the prowl and a hookup. And actually, that was one of the things I read in my research, that oral sex is something that is less likely to happen during a hookup because it is mm. perceived as more intimate than That's having just sex. That's sad. Yeah, yeah. So the next one is that a man performing oral sex on a woman it's an uncomfortable position for both their masculinity and physically (laughs) it can feel a little bit submissive for a man to focus on female pleasure is one of the things that picked up on where we get dj khaled saying like she should be praising me not the other way but i've also saw some stuff in my research that was just men saying like "Um, my neck is just a little uncomfy when i'm going down on a lady (laughs) so i don't like it 
This was the one I can relate to the most, honestly, because I mean, I feel like it's not so much your neck with a man. I feel like it might be more like your jaw. Well, the article that I read specifically mentioned the neck. He said, like, my neck hurts after I'm trying to do it. But if your jaw is hurting, yes, you can switch between moving your jaw and moving your neck and yeah, back and forth like la la la. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. So this is the one that I can relate to because there are occasionally times intimate sexual experiences that I am like, God, my neck hurts. <laughs> so that doesn't mean you should never do it, but maybe it's you pick and choose your moment, maybe. Like I have a lot of back problems. So, you know, when you're having a good muscular skeletal day, that's when you pull it out. Nobody should do anything that's causing them physical no. excruciating no. pain in the bedroom. But I think there is definitely room to uh, – there's some wiggle room there where it's like, yeah, I can do this because you like it a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of self-sacrifice that goes into any kind of oral pleasure, I feel like. So whether it's male on woman, woman on male, there's a certain amount of self-sacrifice that happens in those moments. And, yeah, it's, it's just kind of part of the – deal like i said if you're invested in this person and giving someone pleasure makes you happy maybe not sexually but emotionally that's part of the exchange pleasuring somebody can be erotic for you even Ex if you're not deriving oh exactly directly from it. exactly so it's all part of the give and take of like we talked about we're talking looking at like evolutionary the give and take of social interactions right is that we're social animals so sometimes you have to do something to bond somebody else to you and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Doing something for somebody else feels good for you and, you know, the way that you're enjoying them enjoying what you're doing. Totally. Yeah. But all that goes out the window if you look at the one point that Laura threw out at the very beginning <laughs> of this, which is just the idea that was a resounding, a resounding idea through all of the research, and that is just vulvas are yucky mm. your yoni is disgusting oh i love yoni i like that as a term for it the guy <laughs> who wrote the article in vice about how he's a straight man <sighs> who hates giving oral sex he um in talking about the vulva and i quote the female body is a combination of marvelous features, the curves, the breast, the softness of the hips, the smooth skin. But the vulva is not so great. It is a wound in an otherwise perfect hole. I'm sorry. I know, I know. Before we grip this guy too much, let's just say that's very brave of him. It's very brave. I can admire anybody who would want to come out in such a public way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because if you're just looking to a place to stick it with nothing around, there's also an asshole that's uh, right well, there. Well, no, there's also a friend of ours. We can set you up with her name is Harmony and then Nova. Or... <laughs> yeah. What was the other one? I think they all come with vulvas, though. <laughs> but like, essentially, it looks just kind of like an opening. That's 
uh, that's a little disconcerting to say that some man is like a fan of the whole package, except for the thing that's around where he wants to stick his dick. It's this is how the body is made. We all have these. I mean, he came out of one. (laughs) Exactly. Vulvas vary in what they look like, but that is certainly part of the package. Like, how would he feel if some woman was like, I really... The tip of the dick is such a wonderful, beautiful thing, but the the shaft and the balls just I'm I'm not a fan. It's like, well, you can't have one without the other. It's it is literally a package deal. And that's the thing. It's just like it's so insane that you would just to say that any part of the human anatomy is a wound, like it's detracting from the rest of it. That was just somebody who's probably um, needs to be in therapy for some issue that he is unpacking. That is very strange. I agree. But in this issue, and like, what porno do you even watch? It's part of it. He's just watching a lot of porn where women are giving blowjobs. Like he's yeah. like the articles that I found. That's all <laughs> he cares about. <laughs> That's all he cares about. That's all but he googles. To be fair, as much shit as we give this guy, right? That you know. It's a shit opinion, not going to lie. It's a pretty shit opinion. But as much shit as we give him, it's not something that he came up with on his own. It's been a part of our culture, again, going back to Pliny and even further to the ancient Greeks, where even back then, that's where the first jokes about vulvas being dirty date back to. And our freaky friend Freud even gets in on the action, saying that Oh, men- good old Zygmunt. Yep, Siggy. Zygmunt! 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 Oh, man. Good old Siggy. He has even said that men subconsciously fear the vulva because they think it will castrate them, which mm, that's that's the other end, fellas. <laughs> yeah, really. The teeth are more likely to castrate you than a vulva. That's a weird thing. Vulvas are going to castrate you like the curtains are going to close. Like, whoosh. Well, I think I, I, if I had to understand it, if I had to interpret it for Sigmund, it's the fact that the absence of a penis makes them afraid. It reminds them of not having a penis. Sigmund Freud was very, very into penises where he thought women were envious of yeah. penises. Penis so it's envy. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all And bonkers. like everybody wanted to have sex with ev- everybody. The Oedipus complex, the Electra complex. Yeah, very sex focused, Mr. Uh, Freud. Yeah, it's like, what was going on in his... (laughs) Sounds like somebody has mommy issues. Yeah, what was going on behind his meat curtains? Oh, I don't want to think about what that might be in childhood. (laughs) But here's my major concern to the vulvas are yucky argument. And it is the fact that men themselves do fucking disgusting things all the time. I used to go visit my husband in his frat house and nothing going on in any lady's pants is more disgusting than the bathrooms and the kitchen and the floor of the party barn that I saw there. It was truly it was truly like some expose situation. I went to an apartment in Mizzou one time where they never took out the garbage and literally took the trash bag out of the kitchen trash and just threw it in a corner. Yeah, and those were probably guys that were like, vulvas are gross. Ugh. And so it all is bullshit. But where does this bullshit come from? That is the true question, right? And we will dig into that as well as answer a rude question, get to the real heart of this shit 
when we get back from this break. When you think about men and women, there's definitely a power thing going on there. I mean, power exists in our everyday lives, in the physicality between the two of us. Is it that oral sex is some sort of like equalizer? It's either an equalizer or it's like where power is diverting one way or another. We've definitely assigned power to oral sex in our culture, and that was made evident by a study of naughty Craigslist ads where they perused the casual hookup section and they did a study of words associated with fellatio versus cunnilingus to determine if one was like a dominant behavior and one was a submissive behavior. And what they found was that ads, 100% of the ads that talked about a man eating a woman out were dominant towards the woman. So any woman who was posting in this was saying like, you're going to eat me out. It was associated with dominant words. Same with vice versa. Seven out of nine ads that talked about a woman performing oral sex on a man were about him dominating her. So the idea of performing oral sex is linked to dominance and submission. It just shows that somebody has to be in charge, whether it's a man or a woman. That's the core of the fantasy. And that is tied to who is performing oral sex on who. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. where does this idea come from? And it's time to play. Our favorite game. Nature versus nurture. The eternal question. Yep. Is this something that we have taught ourselves or is this something that is left over from our chimp brain days? So first up is nature. And again, this is an I society, impolite society original because this was me connecting the dots, right? And then I pieced it together. So I feel like I actually was like a little bit of a researcher myself. Investigative journalism. Hard hitting. This is Rachel with Impolite Society thinking of the nature of behind why we might think performing oral sex is a submissive act. And to me, it came down to what you said earlier, Laura, about getting down on your knees. Because being on your knees, a.k.a. being lower than the other person, has really been a sign of submission for a long time. Think Bending the knee, Game of Thrones style. You kneel before God. That saying, I'd rather live on my feet than die on my knees. And this isn't just a human thing either. This is wrapped into the social interactions of chimpanzees as well, where keeping your head lower, like chimpanzees bow. I mean, humans bow all across cultures or even just like lower their head when they're in a submissive feeling yes putting your head lower is a sign of submission so to play into that natural side of it is it just the fact that you are physically lower than your partner what is giving it that submissive connotation yeah i feel like there's definitely something there. And women are more used to feeling submissive. So maybe it's something that's more natural to a woman to go down as opposed to less natural for a man to feel submissive. 
that's a very good point, too, where it's that it's not any less submissive for a woman to be lower than it's, it's not just any more more acceptable and more yeah. normal. And that gets us into the nurture category. And so this is where I took a pivot on kind of a light and funny episode. And I went down a really dark hole, guys. Because we're going to look at how our perception of men and women in dominance and submission is shaped by the media and the portrayals of sex that we consume. The pornography. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. You said it. You said it. And let's talk about it. Because the word porn itself literally comes from the Greek word porn. Porne. I didn't look it up. Porn with an E. And that means female sex slave. And every single one of them follows this script. <laughs> Truly. It has not gotten any more pro women since then. No. I'll save all my studies that I have linking porn to sexual violence and how it totally decimates the consumer sex lives. That's a conversation for another day. That's not, we're not even talking about that right now. But just keep it in mind. Keep it in mind. But let's just say that if you're consuming a lot of content because the majority of... Oh, we're calling it content now. Yes. The majority (laughs) of porn that is out there is focused on male pleasure. And if you're consuming content that is focused on male pleasure, where that pleasure is coming from the dehumanization or the domination of somebody else, most of the time a female. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's another male thrown in there for fun. But most (laughs) of the time it's a female. (laughs) So you're seeing all this stuff. There's no way you're not going to have a hard time untangling that from what you're doing in the bedroom with your partner. That's absolutely true. I mean, we model the behaviors that we see. And so if 99% of pornography is focused on male pleasure and you being the center of attention, it's going to be hard to deviate from that script. That totally makes sense to me. And reason number 578 I have a huge problem with pornography, but like Rachel said, that is a whole nother episode. Yeah, the idea that if you're used to seeing yourself as the person who is dominating, when you add in the fact that you're focusing on somebody else, when you add in the fact that your head is lower, that's going to make it more uncomfortable for you to participate in that than if it was an equal playing field from the get-go. Yeah, and not even being able to articulate it, like not knowing exactly why it is that it makes you uncomfortable. You really have to take a lot of thought and deep dive to understand why that was. It's one of those more subtle ways that media influences us in so many different ways that we don't necessarily realize or think about. You're not thinking, oh, I'm used to being the dominant one. I'm used to being the center of attention. So devoting my attention to somebody else in this kind of what feels like a submissive state makes me uncomfortable. You're not going to articulate that. You're going to say, oh, vaginas are yucky. So maybe when you're saying all your excuses and telling us you refuse to go down on your gal pal, you're really sharing a little bit more about yourself and who you are as a person than you think you are. So really, it's more telling than vaginas are yucky or whatever. Women know. 
We can suss out what's going on here in this situation. And it's not just women, because a lot of men jumped up to the plate, too, when that DJ Khaled stuff came out, when Batman and this DC stuff came out. Hashtag not all men. There are some who have the savior complex. No, just kidding. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I just can't. I can't let you off the hook that easy. But it's good that that comes back up because it brings us back to our rude question. Do heroes go down? God, I hope Captain America does. <laughs> or just Chris Evans, one of the two. Yeah, right? Either or, strong preference on actually Captain America as played by Chris Evans, but I will also take Chris Evans wearing a Captain American outfit. Exactly. Oh, happily. Happily. <laughs> that is a enthusiastic yes under the consent chart there. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> So, okay, here's the thing, is I don't know a lot about Batman himself. I do, I do, I so do. So Laura's going to weigh in on the validity of my statements here because I'm not a big, like, comic book person. I don't know about this kind of stuff. But I'm going to make my best guess based on all the research and all the things I've looked up to answer this rude question tonight. So based on what I've learned, I know Batman embraces his animal instincts. Well, yeah, he's all like, I'm going to be a bat. It's like after his parents died, it's the bats, you know, were what scared him. And then he invited the fear inside and was like, no, I'm going to become the bat so I can inspire fear in others. So, yes, he definitely embraces those more primal urges. Which ties back to the animals, all the animals who go down, including bats. Including bats. So he, I know he's all about it. He embraces it. Point one. Batman is also very secure in his abilities. Yeah, he is. And no fear if his God-given equipment isn't enough to get the job done. There is no doubt he's got a gadget in that tool (laughs) belt of his that can buzz, buzz, buzz to the rescue. Oh, I like that idea that Batman keeps a little uh, bullet in his utility belt for Catwoman. I like that idea. The next point is Batman is very secure in his masculinity. He does not care about what other men have to say about what he does. And that includes DJ Khaled, because unlike DJ Khaled, Batman has never needed to be rescued when getting lost on a jet ski. (laughs) I assume this is an actual story. This is a true thing that happened to DJ Khaled. If you were asking yourself, oh, is this another DJ Khaled joke? I would say, yes, another one! Because it's DJ Khaled. That's what he says at the beginning of all his songs, Laura. I just had to explain that for you. I, yeah, I, di- I did not know. But yeah, Batman is not going to need to be rescued off of uh, his jet ski because we all know that he's capable. And yeah, very secure in his masculinity. He's not afraid. He knows who he is. Yes, he's definitely not going to throw out that I am afraid of failing, so I'm not even going to try excuse. Like that's never coming out of his big square jaw. No, and Batman, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne, is also like a gazillionaire, so he really doesn't have a lot of need to be insecure about anything. I did know he was a billionaire. I did know that piece. And another thing, and another one (laughs) that I know about Batman is that I feel like he also respects women and sees them as equals because... I don't know a lot, but I do know what you've told me about Catwoman and that she has always stood up for herself and can beat the crap out of him. Yep. So he respects her as an equal. But another thing that I know about him is that Batman puts others first. 
He has shown that by his dedication to Gotham City. And he's also very, very loyal to his lady love. So I'd imagine that he would want to do everything in his power to keep his cat lady purring and coming back for more. Yeah, I think the answer here is extremely obvious. Yes, Batman goes down. Fuck you, DC Comics. It is not a unheroic thing to do. It is the heroic thing to do. We should be giving out a Medal of Honor every single year for the hero that goes down the most. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. <laughs> the guy that eats the most snatch in a year. Yeah. That's how we should do our, our presidential elections, honestly. <laughs> Whoever gets the highest marks. Because that's someone who's selfless. So yeah, of course Batman goes down. I think that the internet has already made the ruling and we're standing by it, is that Batman absolutely goes down. And for the most part, if you couldn't tell from our unbiased opinions, we think that you should too. Or at least be open to pleasing your partner. Yeah, and for the most part, we mean if you have a bad neck and you're not feeling so good that night, Laura understands. She also has... Okay, I'm not even talking about that. I don't even talk about that. I'm talking about we don't know what your life is like and what sexual trauma that's you true. have acquired okay, that's at fair. some point in your life. We can't say that everybody should go down on anybody, but we can say that everybody should have an open-end reciprocal relationship with the person they take to And hey, if you can't go down, they take you know what better. you can do? You can... Buy a little bat vibrator and keep it in your back pocket for <laughs> keep it in your tool belt. <laughs> well, that's good. We came to an answer. Thank you so much, guys, for this question. The guys at I Miss You Man, we had a lot of fun with this. We did. It was a lot more research than I thought I was going down. And I even did some of my own collecting of research and data. But at the end, I think it was. Oh, yeah, I bet you did your own collection of research and data. Wink, wink. Then I saved some of it to a secret folder on my phone. <laughs> it's in a calculator app. For later. For later. That's for after the podcast. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's wrap this up. My folder is This is the end of the me. podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can get more Impolite Society by following our social channels at TikTok, on Instagram, Facebook, and those are all at Impolite Society Podcasts. And if you have a rude question of your own, email it to us. Our inbox is open and ready and waiting and throbbing at the thought and you can give us your hot hot rude questions at rude at impolite society podcast.com and always remember tell a friend indie podcast this is how we grow by word of mouth so tell your buddies if you enjoyed this you're a person who enjoys those deeper conversations so let a buddy know send them our way friends don't let friends listen to bad podcasts and if you're this far in you must not think we're too bad hey <laughs> so uh, we like you too it's fine don't don't be bashful wait what is that oh it's the drum it's the drum so that is it for us thank you all stay curious and don't be afraid to march to the beat of your own drum we'll see you next time Boop, beep, beep, bop. Can I eat it? Boop, bop, bop, bop. No, I won't.